my best to contain myself because I feel glory in the house. I feel like somebody in here this morning has come here with expectation this morning. I feel like somebody's faith has risen up this morning. Somebody still believes God. Somebody still believes God. Somebody in this room, somebody watching by live stream still believes God. It will always be like this. The Lord will perfect the concerning me, and sooner or later it'll turn in my favor. It's turning around. concerning you and sooner or later it'll turn in your favor it's turning around for me oh it won't always be Concerning me, and sooner or later it'll turn in my favor. I know it's turning around for me, around for me, around for me. Around for me, turning around for me, around for me, around for me, around for me, it's turning around for me. So, Father, I pray today in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord God, every person that has come gathered, Lord God, to hear the bread that is your word, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that you would fill us till we want no more, Lord. Sustain us like never before. Lord, I've done everything that I could do in the time that you've allotted, Lord. And now, Lord, I pray, fill me with your spirit. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the very meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Father, I pray that you would meet every single listener, Lord God, at the very point of their need, Lord God. Lord God, I pray that you would speak a word into their hearts that would lift them this day, Lord God, that would encourage them, Lord God. Lord God, that would remind them that you have never, ever, ever let go of them, Lord. But Father God, they remain in your hand. We thank you for what you're going to do in this place, Lord God. We thank you for what you're doing in this day and this time. And it's to you that we give all the glory, the honor, and the praise. And every glad believer would say amen and amen. Come on, would you give God a shout of praise this morning? Come on, come on, you can do better than that. I know you have a praise somewhere deep down inside of you that's attached to a testimony that says if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, 
I don't know where I would be. I don't know where I would be. Hallelujah. Well, certainly I'm so grateful to be able to be with all of you, my Perfecting Faith Church family. Hallelujah. Another Sunday in the land of the living. God is truly faithful. I want to honor the presence of the Lord that's already in this house. I know that we can all feel it because he's already moving. I said he's already moving. Hallelujah. While we honor the presence of the Lord, we want to honor the shepherd of this great house and the persons of Pastor Donald McClurkin Jr. Come on. Can we celebrate our leadership? Hallelujah. We thank God for our pastor, and even amongst that, we want to certainly honor our senior assistant pastor in the persons of Donna Rebecca West. I honor you. I honor you. I honor you. To all the ministerial staff here at Perfecting Faith Church, we do give honor to you as well, and to you, the people of God. Come on, would you put your hands together for yourselves? We thank God for every testimony that's living in this house this morning. Hallelujah. I'm trying to be good because y'all almost took me out. We in a spirit of worship. I don't know what's been going on here at Perfecting Faith Church, but I feel like there's an oil spill because every single week it just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. The seal of the anointing is truly here. Well, I don't want to delay the time any further. We thank God for everybody that is gathered as well on live stream. Come on, would somebody look at the camera and just say, welcome, welcome, welcome. All those watching by live stream, we want to welcome you into this digital gathering. I certainly believe that there is a word from the Lord today, and I pray that he speak to every single one of your hearts and that you've come ready with an ear that would hear. Uh, John, the 11th chapter. If you have your Bibles, John, the 11th chapter. John, the 11th chapter, beginning at the 38th verse is what I want to read into your hearing. When you have it, could you just say amen for me? Amen. John, the 11th chapter, beginning at the 38th verse, reads like this. Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. And it was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. And Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. When he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, saying, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. I want to look at the 40th verse, if that's all right with you today, uh, where I want to pull a subject the 40th verse says, Jesus said unto her, said I not that if thou wouldest believe, thou should see the glory of God. Mm. I want to pull for a subject today. If you would just repeat our subject, somebody just say, neighbor, there's glory in the wait. 
Look at somebody else. Come on. There, 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 there's, there's glory in the wait. Put your hands together. Give God a hand clap of praise real quick. That's what we want to talk about today. There's glory in the wait. Mm. Beloved, I found out that while discovering the world around us, we can be interested as well as frustrated. It's interesting in the sense while we're discovering this world that we live in, that every day we're using our natural senses to interact with all that is going on round about us. The more that we use our taste, our touch, our seeing, our hearing, our smelling, the more we get understanding of what's going on around us or sensory of what's going on around us. Just as quickly as we gain that sensory, life in this world can seem just as frustrating because mankind is puzzled with the common questions known as who, what, when, where, why, and how. I guess what I'm alluding to in this simple general statement is that the more that I'm exposed to this life, the more expectation I have of gaining an understanding of the things around me. I don't believe that in this life that, 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 that things just happen by happenstance or randomly or without any kind of a cause. I believe that with every single thing that takes place in my life, that every single breath that I breathe has purpose stapled to it. I wonder if there's anybody in here this morning that understands things happen with a purpose. With a purpose. And while discovering these things and asking these questions, these questions, these, these questions that are trying to make sense to our mentality, the things that are going on around us, we sometimes can get into that place of frustration. From the youngest of us in this room, even into the oldest of us in this room, we daily ask questions. Why is this taking so long? And why is the sky blue? Some might have asked. And what is going on with the weather? And everything that we do is centered around our questions. Trying to gain an understanding is only best built by the questions that we ask. And if I be honest with you today, even this message that I'm speaking to you right now began with a question. Lord, what do, I, what, what, what do I say? Because I don't know what to say. If you don't give me something to say, what, what is it that I say? Everything begins with questions. And what I've learned about questions is very interesting. Is that Questions, though there are problems and though there are circumstances and though there are frustrating elements that arise, these questions, there's nothing more frustrating then the time that it takes in between the question and the answer. Y'all not talking back to me. Y'all act like y'all never have to wait for nothing. I, I, I'm trying to tell you that the, the frustration is not necessarily that I don't understand it, but, but, but the time in between my asking and the receiving of, of, of the answer is what can be the most frustrating thing to have to deal with. 
It's the ticking seconds on the clock that saturate silence while my mind is running around in marathons that frustrate me with my questions. And naturally, as a believer that understands the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, we, we, we run to one answer. Somebody say one answer. We want to run answer for our questions. I want to know this morning if there's anybody that has ever asked Jesus why. Mm. Jesus, I just, I just cannot seem to understand what it is that you're doing in my life. Jesus, if you could just make it make sense to me, I, I feel like I might be able to have some peace if I could just gain a grasp on what it is you're trying to do in my life. Jesus, sometimes I've learned in my walk with Christ, decides to leave us after we send a DM on red. Anybody ever been frustrated knowing that you sent a message and the person saw the message and, and just chose not to respond in that particular moment? I, it's, it's, it's like, I, I know that you saw it. I, I know that you see my pain. I know that you see why I'm concerned. I know that you hear my question, but, but you're going to sit there and choose... Not to respond. Sometimes he leave us waiting, 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 waiting. It, it's, it's not that he didn't hear this poor man cry. That, 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 that's, not what, that, that's not what it means. It's not that he didn't hear the poor man cry. It's not even that he won't deliver you. But he didn't say that he was going to do it always immediately. Hmm. He didn't say he was going to do it immediately. And in this 21st century that we're living in where everything is so microwaved and instantaneous, we can get anything that we want, Amazon Prime to the door. There's no waiting. We can get it when we want it, how we want it, the way that we want it. There's no discipline of waiting for anything. Mm, Y'all quiet in here. We would rather something more punctual than purposeful. But if we know anything about God's character, we know through the history of everything that God has done that God uses time to work out things in our lives. God uses time to work purpose. God uses time to work plans. God uses time to affect our very lives. If we look back in the very beginning of the Bible, it's very clear to see that, that, that God took six days to create the world. It's not that he wasn't God enough that he couldn't have snapped his finger and it couldn't have happened. The heavens and the earth could have been created just like that. But, but there was something through process that God wanted to teach us and show us about the necessity of time. <laughs> we as believers have to understand that what is uncomfortable and frustrating to us is commonplace to God. God stands outside of times. He's not bound by the thing that we're bound by. He sits in heavenly places. God modulates time. He, he, he massages time. He, he controls time. There's nothing that can hinder God. It's us that is stuck inside of time waiting for questions to be answered. 
Is there anybody in here this morning that got some questions? I just, can I take survey real quickly? Anybody in here got some questions? Hmm. The beautiful thing about God is that even though we're confined to time and he's not confined to time, he doesn't mind stepping down into our time and working out things on our very behalf. Come on, we don't want to act like we don't know that Jesus didn't come down through 40 and two generations on our behalf when we were stuck in our sins and bound and yoked together with things that we shouldn't have been yoked up to. Jesus decided to part the periods of time, step down and die and make a sacrifice for every one of us. Time doesn't make God distant from you. I want you to understand that God, time doesn't make God distant from you. Oh, it may feel like it, but time doesn't make God distant from you. The Bible says, lo, I'll be with you even onto the very ends of the earth. Is there anybody in here that knows that Jesus is always with you no matter the time, no matter the place, no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance? Lo, I will be with you even unto the ends of the earth. If you make your in hell I will still be there if you rise up to the uttermost parts of the heavens I will be there there is nowhere that you can find yourself that God won't be but preacher if he's with me why why am I so frustrated God is a God of peace. Why, why am I frustrated? Why am I feeling the things that I'm feeling? Why am I encountering the circumstances that I'm dealing with? I've always believed that God allows discomfort and unease and frustration for our growing. For the trying of our, fur, our faith works what? Patience. The trying of our faith works patience. So in our text today, we find ourselves in the middle of a frustrating situation. Jesus gets word that somebody who he loves is sick. Somebody comes and they tell him that a man named Lazarus from Bethany has become ill. And you already know that, 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 that when somebody that you love is sick, immediately emotions begin to rise. There's frantic and going on in the natural person. But Jesus responds back after getting word about Lazarus being sick. He says, oh, he's not sick as on to death. What he's going through is not going to cause him to stay there. What he's encountering in this place, in this time, in this season of his life is not something that's going to staple him down to a position and a posture of defeat, but that there's some glory that God has decided to show off in the middle of a tough situation. And maturing believers and saints have to be able to look at the things that are going on in their life and find God in it somewhere. You're not going through what you're going through for no reason. You're not struggling the way that you're struggling for no reason. The test hasn't come upon you for no reason. But there's just something that God wants to show you in the time of your trying. I'm almost out of here. Listen, I'm, I'm just trying to tell y'all something. Look at somebody and say, there's glory in the waiting. There's glory in the waiting. Mm. We understand that, that, that 
Situations can make us worry, and situations can make us ask questions. Situations can make us scratch our heads and even wonder why certain things happen to us. You might even go as far as to conclude that you don't feel like you deserve the test and the trial that you're going through because love sees the moment, but God sees the monument. Love sees the moment, but God sees the monument. Pastor McClurkin has been telling us that this is what grace looks like. This is what favor looks like. This is what promise looks like. If you look at my life, if you examine my testimony, you will understand that I am a living, walking epistle of everything that God has done in my life. I am a monument of the grace and the favor of God. In the moment Love might only see your struggle. Love might even try to, 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 to step in. People around you that see you in your struggle might try to intervene. And they may not understand the purpose and the things that God is trying to birth out of your life. I said they may not understand the very things that God is trying to birth out of your life because of the pain that he's allowing you to endure. Everything that God does, he does well. Everything that God does, he does well. And so Jesus gets word of this sickness and he tells them, listen, 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 this sickness isn't on to death. It's just for the glory of God to be shown off in his life. And so Jesus now in the story of Lazarus, who's now over here getting ready to die, he's, he's getting ready to die, take his last breath. There's no more oxygen flowing through him. Jesus is taking his time. Jesus is taking his time. And we find the sister of Lazarus in the 21st verse expressing frustration and grief over Jesus taking his time. Verse 21 says this, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you hadst been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus is trying to teach her that delayed is not denied. Delayed is simply just discipline. Somebody need to write that down. I said delayed doesn't always mean denied. Delayed simply means discipline. Just because things don't happen in the time that you want them to happen doesn't mean that there's no fruit that you can pick up from it. The clock is there for a reason, and every single moment, every single hour, every single day that God gives you breath in your body is for a specific and strategic purpose. Everything that God allows you to encounter, everything that God allows you to run into is for a specific and strategic purpose. Delayed is not denied. I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to show you how I work. Delayed is not denied. I, I just want you to see that even if it doesn't happen the way that you think it should happen, it doesn't mean that it's impossible. You see, God, God specializes in things that are impossible. The darker the situation, the more gory the situation, the harder the situation is, the better we can see God's character show up in it. Delayed is not denied, it's just 
discipline. Come here, Joseph. Can I talk to you real quickly? I know that you saw a dream. I know that you saw yourself sitting in the palace. I know that you saw yourself riding high on life. And then you didn't really expect that, that you would have to go through the betrayal of your brothers. You didn't expect to be thrown down into a pit. You didn't expect that you would have to be put into a jail cell after being falsely accused. I just want you to know that there's something that I have to show you. By you being disciplined. Oh, that's a word that we don't like. I know it's quiet in here. Discipline simply means that I'm being instructed. I'm being trained. I'm being raised up. If you want to want to know God any better than you know him today, there has to be a sense of discipline. I remember Pastor Smith this morning was telling us that we have to be willing to get up and be mature Christians. We're not baby believers, but we should be matriculating and growing and expanding in our knowledge of God every single day through every situation that we come through. We should know God just a little bit better than we knew him before. Jesus is just trying to bring her into another place of revelation. Let me show you how I know that because, because Martha begins to have the conversation and being comforted about the day of the resurrection. She says, listen, Lord, I, I know that I'm going to see Lazarus again when the, when the day of the resurrection comes. And Jesus says, oh, sweetie, you don't understand. The resurrection is not just a day. But when I show up, there's resurrection power. When, when I enter into your situation, when I, when I step into the place of your problem, when I step into the place of your pain, it is no longer about time. But I am the one who can step and fix your time. There's glory in the waiting. Jesus says to her, I am. I couldn't get no further after that while studying because when I think about everything God has been to me, he's been the I am to every single situation, every single problem that I've ever encountered. He is the I am provider. He is the I am protector. He is the I am sustainer. He is the I am healer. He is the I am lifter of my head. He is the I am I wonder if anybody here knows that he is the I am. He, he's the great I am. There's, there's nothing that we could ever need that God isn't able to provide. He's, he's all sufficient in himself. God is uh, the I am. I am your solution. I am your remedy. Time doesn't stop me. I'm God. Trying to show her that the impossible is no match for him. Then there goes into another part of the conversation after giving this revelation of him being the very resurrection. The, the conversation turns and also says that if you believe in me, though you were dead, yet shall you live. Now, to the human mind, that's something unfathomable. You have doctors today that somebody could die and they declare them dead, and, and that's just the end of it. They're writing off death certificates. But to Jesus, death is not an opposing enemy either because he is that resurrection. And what he's trying to show her is that, that some things have to die in order for you to see my power. Y'all not talking back to me. I said some things have to die 
in order for you to see who I am, in order for you to get closer to me, in order for you to be able to trust in me in a greater way. Some things have to come on here in the year that King Uzziah died. I saw also the Lord. He was high and lifted up. I'm able to see clearer when certain things die. Jesus was talking in John the 12th chapter and he says, Barely, barely I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall it to the ground and die. It abides alone. But, but, but if you allow the thing that you hold so precious to die, I can show you that there's a harvest attached to what died. I can show you that seed only produces more than what you put down into it. We have to be willing to sacrifice some things in our life to reap the very blessings that God has promised us. There are things that we have to be willing to go through as believers to see God's glory. And that even means the suffering of our time. It even means the suffering of our minds, wondering what it is that God is doing in our lives. I want you to know that surely after this conversation took place, the miracle, the notable miracle, the miracle that ushered Jesus to the place of his crucifixion got ready to take place. Time has been expended and now Jesus is getting ready to show Martha and Mary and everybody else that gathered just what your time can purchase you. I got to close now. I hope that you guys understood a couple of things that I said here. But I just want you to understand as I take my seat that there's glory in the wait. Uh, Isaiah, the 40th chapter and the 29th verse says, He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. And he increases their strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, he will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I understand that it may feel as though time is working against you. Jesus came to the tomb four days after her brother had already passed away. It seemed as if everything was already canceled. Everything was abolished. There were no more possibilities for a resurrection. There were no more possibilities for a miracle. She understood that if Jesus just came when she wanted him to come, that he could have done something about it. But now God is getting ready to show this woman and everybody that is around her that God is able to do exceedingly and a abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. Uh, I just want you to understand that uh, mm, I, I know you may not stand always in the place of full comprehension, but I want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, there's glory in the wait. Uh, uh, in verse 43, when Jesus had finished explaining what was getting ready to happen, uh, he walked into that grave four days after Lazarus had been laid. He was smelling and rotting. He had already been expired. And Jesus walked up in that tomb and he cried with a loud voice. Sometimes all it takes in our lives is a word from the Lord. If you can wait out enough for a word from the Lord, 
I'll guarantee you that time has no place in your heart anymore. That it cannot discourage you anymore. If I could just get a hold of the word of God. I understand my situations have the possibility of turning around. I understand that where I'm sitting now doesn't have to be my permanent posture. But I understand that God is able to work miracles. God is able to show signs. God is able to do wonders. And so he walks up in that tomb. And he cries with a loud voice. And he says, Lazarus, I want you to come forth. And I wish you would see the text in your head. That after four days of waiting. Four days of being in despair. Four days of being aggravated. Four days of questions. Four days of not knowing a response. Jesus was able to raise up her brother from the dead. And now that he came forth. There was one other situation. I want you to understand that God is able to do more than one thing. God is able to touch you until you're completely free. God is able to make sure that there's no place in you that is not made full, that is not made complete, that is not made whole. And so when he came forth and he started hopping around, he was bound up by grave clothes. And it says that his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus began to command another word. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I need another word. I need another word. Jesus said, loose him and let him go free. I feel like preaching now. I just came to understand in my life that God always keeps his promises, no matter what come may way. There's nothing, there's nothing that the time can control. God's glory is shown off in my weight. And not only is God's glory shown off in the weight of my time, but the glory of God is shown off in the weight of my situations. I'm talking about the W-E-I-G-H-T. Some situations seem too heavy to bear, but I want to let you know today that whatever you're dealing with, the weight of that situation, God has glory locked in the inside of it. Somebody here dealing with bills, God has glory locked on the inside of it. Somebody here feeling pain in their body, God has glory locked on the inside of it somebody here going through confusion in their mind and God has glory locked on the inside of it there's no situation that you might be encountering that God doesn't have a glory that God doesn't have an answer knowing this that the trying of our faith worketh patience and where I am now is only a temporary situation because after a while it'll all be over after a while uh, the sun's gonna shine after a while uh, dark clouds will pass over and we will shout hallelujah we will shout hallelujah we will shout hallelujah look at your name and say neighbor there's glory in the weight there's glory in the weight there's glory in the weight he's gonna show himself mighty he's gonna show himself strong while you wait, he's gonna show himself to be a keeper. While you wait, he's gonna show himself to be a provider. While you wait, while the naysayers are talking, while time is ticking, he's gonna show himself to be a waver. He's gonna show himself mighty. While you wait, because I understand that the Bible declares weeping may endure night, but joy comes in the morning. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if I wait on the Lord, he'll show me his glory. He'll show me his power. 
He'll show me that I'm not discarded. He'll show me that I'm not discounted. But that there's something that he's able to raise up if I wait. Casting all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. There's glory while you wait. Knowing this, that the testing of your faith worketh that patience and no temptation has taken you but such as is common on the man but God is faithful who will with the temptation make a way of escape say yes There's, there's glory while you wait. I remember sitting at the table yesterday. I was out with a few friends and I ordered something to eat. And I understood that while I ordered that food, there was going to be a waiting period. I saw the waiter passing tables and laying down blessings before everybody else. But when my time came, I was able to say that this glory after your wait, glory shall be revealed. After this, glory shall be revealed. After this trial, after this pain, after this sickness, after this heartache, he shall reveal. Pastor Smith said, don't be alarmed. Just meditate on the word. If you have a word, you have your answer. If you have Jesus and you know he's walking with you and you know he's talking with you, you've got your answer. Say yes. Everybody's standing. There's glory in your weight. Situations can seem to magnify themselves right before your very eyes. And before you know it, they can become large. And if you're not careful, you might even exalt your problem above your knowledge of God. But I want to remind you today that God is greater God is stronger. God is higher than any other. God is able to move even when time expires. He said in his word, I will restore to you the years that the palmer worm and the canker worm and the caterpillar and the locust came to destroy. While you're sitting in situations that don't seem like they have any kind of kinetic energy, they don't seem like they're moving, they seem like they're dead. I want you to understand today that God is able. I said God is able. I just believe that if I ever want to know who God is today, all I have to do is look back at his word and see what he was able to do. The miracle that he performed on Lazarus, he's able to do it today. He's able to do it for every single one of you in this room. Our posture is so important in the waiting. 
that we don't hang down our heads, that we don't lose a grip on our faith, that we don't neglect the word that God has put in our hearts. He will perform it. I was out east uh, yesterday, and I was at a farm, and we were out there, and we were apple picking and having a good time in this harvest season, and we went over by the kids' section because it seemed like there was a big crowd gathering around, and we just wanted to see what was happening. And we went into that kids' section. We saw that they had a, a big old candy blaster cannon set up in the middle of the field. And as we were standing there, we were waiting to go on a little hayride or something like that. And I turned around and I looked at everybody that was gathered on the other side of the cannon where the candy would have been shot out. All the kids were standing around and they were, they were dancing. They were excited. They had their hands cupped. They, they were ready to receive. Even though they couldn't see what exactly was inside of the candy, they didn't, they didn't know whether or not they were getting Snickers or Kit Kat or Lollipop. They, they didn't know any of that. But they stood on the other side of that cannon where they understood that the receiving would be. And, and they didn't just stand there like, oh, man, well, you know, man, maybe I'll get... But they, they, were, they were ready they were postured. They were, they were jubilant. They were excited. It didn't matter how long they had to wait for their candy to blast out of their cannon. They just understood that something was getting ready to happen. I wonder if there's anybody in this place today that understands that there's something. That there's something that's getting ready to happen. You've been standing in the posture, you've been standing ready, you've been, you've been dancing, you've been praising, you've been praying, and now, now is the time, now, in the last quarter of this year, in the last quarter of the year, 2021, I'm, I'm ready, Lord, I'm ready, Lord, I'm ready, Lord, Lord, whenever you say, Lord God, your timing is perfect, but until you do it, Lord, I, I just stand here, I'll, I'll just stand excited, I'll, I'll just stand in expectation. I'll just stand in expectation until you do it. There's glory in the wait. There's glory in the wait. Jesus understood that what I have to go through is worth it. I know they were waiting 42 generations for me to come down here, but there was glory in the wait when he went up to that cross and, and he, he allowed himself to be hung and, and stretched and nailed because there was a glory called you and me that was getting ready to be shown. And now are we the sons and daughters of the Most High God because of a waiting that had to take place. And so today I just want you to understand that you don't have to wait longer for promises that have already been fulfilled for you. Christ did the waiting for some of the things that we need to do. He, he already died. He already rose again for our sins. And I want you to know today that you're able to claim the very thing that he's blasted out of that cannon to give you. The salvation, the relationship with Jesus Christ that you desire, the, the relationship that will fulfill every lacking and wanting part of your being. And so at this time, I want to just make the offer of salvation to all of those that are in the room who have been waiting in situations and waiting for restoration and waiting for healing. Today is the day of salvation. The Bible says, behold, when you hear me knocking on your heart, don't, don't, don't stand there and wait another moment. 
I'm ready to sup with you and you with me. I wonder if there's anybody today that says, Brett, time has really been getting on my nerves. And I can't go any longer. Not God bless you, my brother. I cannot go any longer feeling unfulfilled, feeling unfulfilled, feeling as if there's something lacking and wanting in my life. I want the glory that's attached to this waiting. And so at this time, in this moment, in this season, I want you to just lift your hand. If, if there's anybody here today that says, I, I want to know the glory of God. I, I want to know this man named Jesus who is able to resurrect the dead, who's able to cause me to come back to life again. I want you to just raise that hand, raise that hand, raise that hand, raise that hand all over the sanctuary. You might even be in the virtual church today. I want you to raise that hand. Hallelujah to God for all of those that have raised their hands today. Come on, I want to take it one step further. Can I do that with you today? Because I want you to understand that you're able to receive it. You don't, you don't have to just stay where you are, but you can come here and receive the very thing God has for you. Would you just come down to this altar? Those of you that have raised your hands, come on. If we celebrate, if we celebrate, if we celebrate, they will come. They will come. The glory is here. The glory is here. Father, I thank you for this word, Lord, that you've sent forth in this day, Lord God. I thank you for reminding us, Lord, that there is a glory attached to our waiting. I thank you, Father God, that you are not slack concerning your promises, Lord, but you will do everything that you have promised us, Lord God. And now today, Father God, even as these ministers are praying, Lord God, and leading them back to the foot of the cross, Lord God, into the glory of your presence, Lord God, into the peace that is your presence, into the fulfillment that is your presence. Father, I bind every single chain that holds them. I bind every single distraction and hindrance of the enemy that would make them feel discounted, make them feel like time is not their friend, make them feel like time has completely allowed them to feel just disconnected and not a part of your plan. I pray today, Father God, that you would restore, Lord God. I pray today, Father God, that you would heal. I pray, Lord, that you would mend, Lord God, every single broken heart. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, calls them to grow in a deeper relationship with you, Lord God. Calls them to be disciplined, Lord God, to know the timing of God. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, if there are any watching by live stream today, certainly we don't want you to feel neglected in this hour of salvation. We want you to be able to accept the Lord Jesus Christ right where you are watching all around the world. Jesus Christ is nigh. If you draw to him, he will draw nigh onto you. And so at this time, we just want you to just type four words so that we can get in contact with you. I prayed that prayer. I prayed that prayer prayer and when you type that our ministerial staff just as they're doing in the house here we want to get in contact with you we want to pray with you we want you to know that there is a glory after all of your waiting and you don't have to wait any longer to be connected to the body of Christ come on somebody in this house put your hands together hallelujah hallelujah we thank God we thank God for every single one of you that are watching by live stream today and we thank God for every single one of these that have come back into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Ministers, can we just give God another hand clap of praise? They take them to the side. We want to get your information. We want to stay connected with you. And we want you to know that we're praying with you. There's no good thing that God will withhold from them that are now in a relationship with him. Did that word bless you today, saints? Hallelujah. Come on, turn to a neighbor one more time and say, neighbor. Even after you leave here, there's glory in your waiting. There's glory in your waiting.